Good morning. Most of us, as my colleague reminded me in the hall yesterday, think of Jonah as the guy who tangles with the whale. We forget that the reason that Jonah ended up in the whale in the first place is because he refused to cross a border. That is, when God said, let's go to Nineveh, I have a word for them, Jonah refused. Why leave his people, the Jews? He's a Hebrew after all. Why prophesy to another people, the Assyrians? So Jonah walked in the opposite direction, all the way in the opposite direction until he came to the Mediterranean Sea and he could go no farther in the opposite direction. Unperturbed at running out of land or perhaps to make a point to God, he bought a ticket and got on a boat that would take him even further away from Nineveh. For this blatant refusal to go to the Assyrians, one author describes Jonah as a stubborn, xenophobic prophet, unwilling to leave his home in Galilee, unwilling to cross any borders, or to speak to anyone who was not of God's chosen people. Xenophobic and stubborn. Once on the boat, Jonah asked to be thrown overboard into a choppy sea and swallowed by a giant fish rather than cross the border that God had asked him to cross. Xenophobia, as you know, comes from the Greek word. You always have to go back to the Greek. And it means fear of the stranger. Phobia, right? Fear, xeno, stranger. But Jonah was not so much afraid of the strangers who were across the border in Assyria as he was annoyed that God was interested in those strangers across the border in Assyria. Why wasn't God focused on God's people here at home in Palestine, Israel? Why go so far east to the Assyrians? In other words, Jonah was human. Like us, he had stereotypes, and he was a little, dare we say, nationalistic. But God talks across borders. And so God speaks to Jonah a second time. Go to the Ninevites, prophesy to them. This time, reluctantly, Jonah crosses the border, he goes east, he walks into the capital city, Nineveh, he delivers the message to the Assyrians. Nineveh shall be overthrown in 40 days. Well, with just those few words, the Assyrians repent. God forgives them. Their destruction is avoided. Jonah does not go home all renewed and confident. He is angry. He is upset. He stomps out of the city and he pouts under a bush. This story called Jonah is not about the Ninevites. It's about the prophet Jonah. When God speaks to Jonah and calls him to cross that border into a strange land, to walk on unfamiliar ground, to care about a different people than his own, it becomes very clear that Jonah needs his own xenophobic borders forgiven. He is the one in need of repentance and forgiveness. By calling Jonah across the border to Assyria, God shows Jonah that God does not respect national borders. God does not respect xenophobic behavior. And God will therefore work to stretch Jonah's prophetic boundaries. The God of prophets who speaks across human borders wherever we set them up, whether they are national, emotional, religious, political, or cultural, this God calls us, like Jonah, out of our cozy prophetic pockets 
to encounter others and to be transformed by that encounter. Now fast forward about 500 years or so. We'll stay in Galilee just for this moment and we'll go to the time of Jesus. In Mark 7, Jesus leaves the Galilee region, much like Jonah did, actually heading in the same direction as Jonah did. Perhaps Jesus is called like Jonah, and he enters Gentile territory, a little bit north of where Jonah was, in a city called Tyre of Syria on the Mediterranean coast. Jesus' reputation has preceded him there. Word of mouth spreads quickly, and word of mouth knows no boundaries, not even ethnic religious ones. A Gentile woman comes to the house where Jesus is staying. She asks Jesus to heal her little girl who is possessed by a demon. Piece of cake, no? Jesus has done this before. In fact, two chapters before. In Mark 5, Jesus even cast out an entire legion of demons from the Gerasene demoniac who lived naked in a graveyard next to herds of pigs. Talk about unclean. But that demoniac, as ritually unclean as he was, still lived within the boundaries of Jewish territory. So Jesus didn't even think twice. He cast out the demons, he healed the Jewish demoniac, and he sat down to eat a meal with him. Piece of cake. He is, after all, the Son of God. Now across the border, out of Galilee in Gentile territory, and face to face with a Gentile woman asking for healing, Jesus balks. He has crossed a geographic border, but he won't cross the sociocultural religious border. He says to the woman, it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. In other words, don't ask for the healing that rightly belongs to my people, the Jews. Well, this is not what we expect from Jesus. He speaks rudely to the Gentile. He calls her a dog. Not real conversation here. Sometimes people don't like this view of Jesus, and so they explain the passage away by saying Jesus is just testing the woman. This is just a test for her. But is Jesus testing the woman by insulting her? She has to get over the insult to come to God? I don't think so. The woman doesn't even blink at the insult. Yes, sir, she says. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the children's table. Wow. Every time I read this passage, her words blow me away. Jesus, she says, your people may be sitting in the privileged seats at God's table, but my people, like the dogs, are a part of the household, and we are willing even to receive the crumbs of grace that may fall from God's table to us. In the woman's words, Jesus hears God talk across human boundaries, the human boundaries of race, religion, territory, gender, even creed. This woman's courage demands that Jesus change his mental borders, amend his preconceptions, reconfigure his prophetic boundaries, and dissolve his human assumptions about the mission Jesus thought he was on. Let the children of Israel 
be fed first, he said. No, says God. Feed, heal, and welcome all my children at the same table right now. God talks across the border between Jew and Gentile, Galilean and Syrophoenician, rabbi and mother, and Jesus hears God speak. Jesus answers the woman, for saying this, you may go. The demon has left your child. The stories of Jonah and the Ninevites and Jesus and the Syrophoenician woman are not stories about successful missionaries crossing dangerous borders into unknown territories to convert heathen people to God's word. God calls Jonah to cross the Assyrian border, not to change the Ninevites, the heathens, but to transform Jonah and to expand Jonah's prophetic work. God leads Jesus into Gentile territory to heal a little girl. And in doing so, God heals Jesus's prejudiced humanity in this encounter. This short, simple conversation between a Jew and a Syrophoenician in Tyre at the edge of the Mediterranean transforms Jesus's understanding of his mission. And it transforms his understanding of the kingdom of God that he has been preaching for seven chapters in the Gospel of Mark. Now, lest you think I'm a heretic for suggesting that Jesus was not perfect, let me respectfully submit that you read Mark's Gospel again. My students read Mark, some for the first time, right? Others for the first time all the way through. And they discovered that Mark does not care about a perfect Jesus. This is not part of Mark's agenda. In fact, when they describe Mark's Jesus, they use these words, weary, frustrated, dumbfounded, and sometimes upset, and sometimes not gentle. Yet Jesus remains faithful to God's call, even in Mark. And Jesus is open to divine transformation from within his human frame. This is important. What if Jesus, the Son of God, was so committed to being human that he was willing to be wrong? And when he heard a truer voice in the Gentile woman, what if he was willing to rethink his boundaries, his calling, his human assumptions, and what if he was willing in taking on humanity, what if he was willing to be changed by a conversation with a Gentile woman outside of his own comfort zone? What better example for us than a son of God who would humble himself so far as to show us how to be transformed by a stranger who doesn't fit our boundaries and who doesn't fit our stereotypes and doesn't fit our preconceptions about what God's mission is. The wonderful theme for this year is God speaks, God talks. And when God speaks, boundaries dissolve. When God talks, xenophobic stereotypes fall away. When God speaks, national borders move. And when God talks, 
our assumptions, our human assumptions, can no longer stand. All of our well-reasoned convictions that we know what God's mission is, that we know who God's people are and who they're not. These convictions about borders and boundaries cannot stand when God speaks. This year, may we hear God talk across our borders. May we have the courage to step out of our boxes. And may we be transformed by God's grace. Amen.